This week's episode of the Lone Star Outdoors Show proudly brought to you by Kent Cartridge and Fast Steel 2.0. Back when uh, I first got into serious waterfowling in college, Kent Cartridge made the most affordable premium load on the market. They are still doing the exact same thing with Fast Steel 2.0. It's the evolution of the OG of premium waterfowl loads and Fast Steel. Uh, but if you want a hard-hitting waterfowl load that doesn't leave you chasing cripples but doesn't hurt the pocketbook at the same time, check out Kent's Fast Steel 2.0, available in all of your favorite shot sizes. It's widely available at Cabela's, Bass Pro, Shields, you name it. And uh, you can find their entire dealer list at kentcartridge.com. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into episode 590 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you today. We've got a good one lined up for you, so um, let's just get right into it. You know what to do. Pull up that stool. A little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos, the one granddaddy passed down years ago. Probably still got mud caked on it from duck seasons come and going. Uh, I know mine does. But uh, pour another cup because off the top, we're going to talk a little archery with our friend Larry McCoy of Elite Archery and Respect the Game TV. And bow hunting is something that I'm certainly passionate about, but not completely invested into uh, when it comes to the technical side of the sport. And that's something that I'm actively trying to change. And I think there's something to be said for the the gearheads out there who are fully invested in that technical aspect of archery. I'm jealous of those people. It's That's not me, though. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with I'd never met failure like I did last season. Uh, just not getting penetration on an animal. And so if you can change that and can become more in tune with your equipment um, and try to uh, erase those failures from happening again, why wouldn't you, right? I think we all would do the same thing. Uh, but Larry McCoy will be here and we'll talk about building a more lethal arrow among other archery-related uh, topics. Then we're going to shift gears and grab our rifles and shotguns with... Mossberg Firearms' Linda Powell, who makes her return to the show. We'll take a look at the current status quo. Are firearm manufacturers starting to catch up on the demand? Uh, like, There were times where it would take 18 months to get a gun if you ordered one for major manufacturers. Are we still seeing that backlog, or are things starting to turn around? Also, ammunition sales and availability I saw a lot of ammo at Academy the other day for the first time, so we'll get into that as well. And then the new 940 semi-auto-loading shotgun platform from Mossberg. That's something that I'm very excited about and something that should be available for this fall, I do believe, but uh, we'll pick Linda's brain on when the uh, the 940 waterfowling shotgun specifically 
is going to be available. Uh, because if you're like me, you don't like cleaning your shotguns. <laughs> There's a theme here, right? Uh, I don't like doing it. I just don't. It gets uh, once a season unless it gets dropped in the mud or something to that effect where it's just a disaster. Otherwise, I want to pull the trigger and it go boom every time. Uh, and that's what Mossberg has been chasing and apparently what they've found with the 940. So interesting stuff coming up here with Linda in just a little bit. Let's do a quick giveaway. This one will be from Mossberg. I've got a cap, koozie, t-shirt, and water bottle that Linda sent over, and we'll get this into the hands of one of y'all today. Just email the word Mossberg, that's Mossberg, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and you are entered into today's Mossberg giveaway. Up next, we're talking stick and string with our buddy Larry McCoy of Elite Archery on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Oh, honey, you been, but I don't break. Things were different when we were young. There's something nostalgic about the old-timey general store, and that's exactly what you're going to find in downtown Goldwave, Texas, at the Mills County General Store. They're licensed FFL with rifle, pistols, and shotguns, ammo, gun accessories, hunting accessories, deer, corn, and attractants, sporting goods. They've got a wide array of knives to choose from, plus insulated apparel for both work and camo for hunting season, fishing supplies. They've got foods like Anchor Tea, grass-fed beef, Dublin sodas, gourmet sauces, and a whole lot more. Also, Ace Hardware. From wall to wall, they have it all. Check it out. The Mills County General Store right there in Goldweight, Texas. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Was I alone or in a hunter's dream? Cause the moment of truth was here and now. I felt his touch, I felt his guiding hand. Everybody's favorite Uncle Ted Nugent bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you as always. Thanks for dropping by today. I do appreciate it as we're about to get into... One of my favorite pastimes, but one that I'm far from an expert at. We'll just put it that way. When it comes to bow hunting, uh, yeah, I've probably what maybe a dozen years now, a decade for sure. I, I want to say I started bow hunting about the same time I started this show, so maybe a dozen years. Uh, many of you have been at it a lot longer than me, and you know when it comes to archery. There are a few things out there that are more technical, but I'm not a technical guy. I'm not a gear freak. Um, I hated math as a kid. And so, yeah, I've, I think I've been selling myself short because I just kind of have been winging it when it comes to the actual setup. And I, I, I don't like that about myself. I wish that I was more in tune uh, with my archery setup. But uh, this off season, I made a choice to try to get 
a a more lethal setup. And I think a lot of the reason why I never really delved into the technical side of archery to a uh, to the degree that I should have is because I never was met with failure based off of my gear's performance until last fall. You all have heard me talk about shooting the elk in the shoulder enough, but uh, I feel like if I would have had a heavier arrow, a arrow carrying more momentum, maybe I could have punched through that elk shoulder instead of watching it run off with uh, two inches of penetration. I'm sure the elk was fine, but it left me wounded. And uh, I've made a goal for this offseason to try to get a more lethal bow and arrow combo. And so that's what I did before heading off to South Africa. I wanted something that could take African antelope species that are relatively the same size as an elk. And that was the goal. So um, I'm still no far from an expert, but our buddy Larry McCoy from Elite Archery is. And uh, he's going to join us momentarily to dive headfirst into this uh, topic, which can be controversial as everyone has an opinion, uh, but I respect his. This segment of the show is brought to you by NUMA, geared for the outdoors and specifically for bow hunters, as NUMA prides itself on building quality gear that is quiet, but also, and I just put it through the ringer in South Africa, but also gear that can stand up to the physical demands of spot and stock bow hunting. And let me tell you, South Africa reminds me a lot of South Texas where everything can bite you, cut you, scratch you. It's unforgiving. But uh, my NUMA gear stood up to that test. And here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% off your order of anything the NUMA makes. Uh, apparel, backpacks, bino harnesses, all of it. When you use my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at NUMA.com. That's P-N-U-M-A. NUMA, geared for the outdoors. With that being said, let's bring on our first guest, our old buddy from Elite Archery, Larry McCoy. Thanks for being here. Hey, thanks, man. My pleasure. So uh, how has your summer been? It's been uh, eventful and fast, going by too quick. (laughs) Yeah. The kids said they thought it was the shortest summer ever, but I'm like, no, you just, you know, you got out earlier, you go back earlier. When I was a kid, I think we went back to school like after Labor Day. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I that's I feel like that was a yeah, it was like always like Labor Day was like the end <laughs> the end mark of summer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's been good too. I'm I'm anxious to get back out in the woods of course, but man it just it sure does feel like time has flown by. Yeah, no doubt about that. As I told you last year I I shot a, a bull elk at 62 yards right in the shoulder. Not on purpose, you know, I just hit a couple inches forward and that's uh you know that's unfortunate and i didn't have the kinetic energy to punch through that shoulder he ran off and i explained to my friend what i saw and he's like yeah we'll shoot him during rifle season don't worry about it they're tough animals but and i'm not saying that you're going to be able to punch through an elk shoulder at 62 yards regardless but you know you and i were talking during the off season about getting something that you know what if that was at 35 yards could you punch through it then right Um, just give yourself that margin for error uh, I don't pretend to be the world's best bow hunter. I, I love it. Um, you're obviously much more efficient <laughs> with a stick and string than I am. Um, but but I certainly enjoy it. 
And, you know, if you're going to continue to pursue that, then I feel like, you know, I owe it to the animal and to myself to, to have a, uh, a deadlier arrow broadhead combination. So what is your, start with what, what is your setup for elk hunting? Well, for elk hunting, I usually, uh, as far as I run about 470 to 500 grains, usually, uh, on my current setup. But it's really, it's about how that weight's distributed based upon your arrow length, what draw length you are. So there is a formula that works best. I know that there's a lot of high FOC guys and a lot of talk out there. It's kind of a new trend. Um, is it impactful? Yeah, it can be if it's done correctly. But also, uh, you know, with my total arrow weight and choice of broadhead, of course, uh, there's there's a lot. They've got to work, work with, you know, work together to, to get the maximum out of it. You know, one thing, Darren, when you're building arrows and, and you hear, you know, people talking about uh, kinetic energy or high FOC, uh, that's one thing, but uh, momentum is, is also a very important factor and to making sure you have an effective uh, setup. And, and I really focus on that when it comes to not only picking my broadhead, but how much weight I'm running up front. Uh, should I run a, uh, you know, a heavier insert or 125 head versus 100, um, you know, because you want to maintain momentum after impact. Well, so what are your thoughts on micro diameter shafts then? Uh, I, you know, micro diameter shafts are fine. I think that uh, there's, you know, it's kind of another deal that's, that's really trendy too. I think from a penetration standpoint, it does help a little bit. But I also think that there's also a healthy mix based upon the spine of your arrow, uh, wall thickness and everything of your arrow based upon the length. Uh, I like, I'm really partial to like a 204 diameter. I think that's a really good mix of somewhat, it's not considered really a micro shaft, but it's a smaller diameter that I feel like everything evens out uh, really well on the shot and helps maintain momentum. Okay, well, what I'm shooting right now is the Onyx uh, from Bloodsport. It's a micro diameter shaft, and um, it's a 0.165 inner diameter, 0.004 straightness, and it's a 350 spine. I was trying to get a 300 spine, um, as my Bowtech advised me, eh, pairing that with a 125-grain broadhead. Mm, you're kind of on that edge of what's acceptable, but unfortunately just about everybody was out of uh, 300 uh, spines. You know, the pandemic has slowed down manufacturing. I would 100% agree with uh, your bow technician. I would definitely think about a 300 spine. Uh, it's a little bit stiffer shaft. A lot of, you know, a lot of people, because if your arrow is flexing for a longer period of time down range, you're, it hasn't picked up the momentum it needs. You may still have high kinetic energy, but you're, you don't have the momentum because your arrow hasn't planned out for a lengthy amount of time. For instance, you know, we, I went to Mexico on a deer hunt last year and we were with, uh, you know, some, some other hunters and one of the guys there was shooting a super heavy arrow and because this is what he's heard. And when shooting again with everybody else, just out there, you know, jacking around the yard, you know, we moved at like 30 yards and he's shooting and he's hitting behind his pin but there was just something different about the way the arrow flew and, you know, it was going into the same target. So I took that target out to 60 yards and shot and he shot 
and shooting the same hole, he was driving about a half shaft, uh, half shaft further into the target. And I was like, yeah, you have so much arrow drag that you're not picking a momentum until he's, you know, was a little bit further down range. So once he got past 30 yards, that's where his arrow was really correcting itself and picking up the momentum uh, that he needed. So when he chain shafts, he went to where he was paying attention to that stuff, both at both at the closer ranges and that to, uh, at the longer distances. Uh, he's had a lot better results, and that's what he did. He stiffened up that shaft a little bit. The arrow was able to correct itself a little bit sooner and able to really carry a lot more momentum. Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm certainly looking at switching. I did have success with this uh... – Mm-hmm. With this setup on my Africa trip, I shot a uh, a springbok, and I mean, just absolutely devastated him. And mm-hmm. um, then shot a sable, a little mm-hmm. back, and we ended up putting the uh, the dog on that one. Which when you know these dogs are really Jack Russells is or like some kind of fox terrier or so some tiny little yeah. Jack Russell looking dog. Uh, but these, the sable, he doesn't want to, he doesn't run. He, he turns to fight him. So he really doesn't go very far. And the second shot, uh, right in the shoulder, got great penetration right through that front shoulder. Just like, you know, like on the elk situation. Yeah. This was probably closer to 35 yards. I think it was 37 yards actually, but I mean, it, it went right through the shoulder and he, he made it about 20 yards and still trying to fight the dog and fell over dead. So, um, you know, and I think a, a sable's relatively close to the same size as an elk. So, mm-hmm. well, and the I'm, thing I'm is, too, is to have gotten that performance. Yeah, and the thing is, like, based upon your experience, I get it too. Is you know, you start to kind of, I you've had an element of success with your setup that you have now, but you've had the one bad experience that kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth of what if I do this, mm-hmm. and there's it's hard to explain to when a when an animal's in tech, especially when you hit them up for it, whether it's an elk, a whitetail, or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it just, things happen, you know, things happen. And, and where some of those bones come together, it's strong as hell. I mean, it's, it's just, it's tough. No matter what you're, you're shooting arrow wise, just, you just may not be able to make it through it, you know? Uh, and that could have been the case with your elk uh, because, and you may be shooting a perfect, you know, shaft for, for what, you know, for all the specs that you're shooting, draw length and poundage. Well, I, I certainly think the one that the, the setup <laughs> I'm shooting now is, is much better than what I was shooting last year. And, and, uh, to be frank, we went up from a, a 65 pound bow to the 70 pound, uh, elite encore, which mm-hmm. that, that thing's a pretty sweet shooter. Yeah. Yeah. The encore is a very sweet shooter. I mean, for, it produces good numbers and definitely helps out, uh, you know, will help that out. It's a very comfortable bow on the shot and, but you're, you're producing good, great speeds at, but it doesn't feel like it, if that makes sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We tested it. I mean, it's actually at uh, 72 pounds, so it's maxed out there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel like just having that little bit of extra umph, if you can physically do it. And I'm ne- I've never been one that's been like, Oh, you need to pull an 80 pound bow. Right. Um, but I'm a healthy guy and 70 pounds. Isn't it's not an uncomfortable thing for me. So why not? Right. It's like, uh, I don't go deer hunting with my six, five Creedmoor, but I could, 
Uh, but right. you know, I've got a 270 or a 300 wind mag sitting there looking at me, and I'm like, eh, no, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over right. the gun. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, so, exactly. I, and the, you I'm know, kind it's of really at that point with my bow set up now too. Right, and you get you get very you know you said something that's very key that a lot of other hunters don't look at. Seventy pounds is seventy pounds. You have to be comfortable first for first and foremost. If you're not comfortable at seventy pounds, if you can't go out shoot 10 shots and really not really be fatigued or when you're at full draw be able to settle the bow then 70 pounds is probably a little too much weight you need to go down to a 65 or a 60 that's totally fine but make sure you complement it with the right arrow setup and you'll you'll be fine well larry we do need to work in a quick break uh we'll do that come back and get into broadheads and uh, also releases among other things that segment Brought to you by All Season Smokers. You can find their entire lineup of backyard barbecue pits and smokers, even pellet grills, right there at allseasonsfeeders.com. But we'll be right back with Elite Archery's Larry McCoy on SCI's Home Star Hell Outdoor yes, Show. I remember your dress and I remember the sunset and all of the rest of the memories you gave me, trying to save me from all that I've seen. Star Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Technology has been helping me light up the night for over a decade. Uh, currently got two incredible units, the Helion 2.0 Thermal Monocular. Like you can detect things out in a field over a thousand yards. It's insanity. Plus pairing that with a Thermion XP50 Thermal Rifle Scope. Dude, it's like poor pigs, to be honest with you. Coyotes as well. It's uh. The technology alone has come so far in the last few years, and the price has gone down, so the working man can't afford it. The Thermion has internal recording. It has a diverse color palette. You want to do red hot, white hot, black hot, which is my favorite. You know, there's other ones as well. It's got too many to even count off the top of my head. It is the creme de la creme when it comes to thermal optics. It's the Thermion XP50. You can find it at PulsarNV.com. Spawn is right around the corner. Your reels have been re-spooled and the tackle box is ready to roll. But the question is, can your truck handle another season of pulling your boat in and out of the water every weekend? Call David Boone at Third Coast Diesels. He'll make sure your truck is not what sinks your next fishing trip. Offering a widespread array of diesel parts and services, call 214-326-1176 or visit thirdcoastdiesels.com today. Hey everybody, this is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector and you listen to my good buddy Cable Smith with a Lone Star Outdoor Show. River Road, the name of that one from the late, great Jimmy LaFave bringing us back on. SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Mossberg Firearms. Cable Smith here with you, as always. Thanks for dropping by, as we're still talking uh, all things archery today, with our good buddy, Larry McCoy from Elite Archery. Uh, before we pick it back up with that conversation, however, this segment is proudly brought to you by Stealth Cam and the new Reactor wireless cell camera. I just put one up at the... Uh, at the least when the kiddos went with me this past weekend and my goodness 
the clarity of the photos, absolutely spectacular. You can find the reactor at stealthcam.com. And remember, data plans as low as $5 a month. So uh, it's not going to cost you your firstborn kiddo anymore. Uh, Okay, with that being said, let's pick it back up with our friend Larry McCoy of Elite Archery and Respect the Game TV. Uh, Larry, let's talk broadheads. Um, I shot slick tricks for years and years, uh, eventually switched over to Crimson Talon. Uh, Not that there was anything wrong with slick tricks, but uh, became friends with the owner of Crimson Talon and uh, been shooting those broadheads for the last two seasons. And the head that I chose for South Africa was the 125 grain Outlaw. It reminds me a lot of the original slick tricks as far as the design is concerned. It performed as well as any fixed blade I've ever shot. I've never, I've shot mechanicals at targets, but uh, I've never had the, the stones to shoot one at an animal just because of, I don't know, I hear so many horror stories of what happens if it hits off a bone or into a bone and you don't get an exit hole, uh, then it's. Yeah, or deflects or whatever. And I was the same way for, for a long time. I was like, I'm not shooting a mechanical head. And then Slick Trick. You know, they actually, when we were talking about when they came out with the Raptor trick, um, we started talking about designs and, and testing. Anybody can test a broadhead and ballistic gel and all that stuff. So I wanted more real life. So I was putting like three quarters of an inch leather on both sides of ballistic gel. Uh, so it would have to hit that before it went into the ballistic gel uh, to see how the broadhead was going to perform and different angles and not only for penetration tests, but, and which really dictated what we could do to make the feral design uh, more effective. And ultimately the result was incredible and kind of made me a believer in, in a lot of really it's about design because slick tricks, a company that thinks just like you do an exit hole is golden. That's what you're shooting for. I don't want a big entrance hole. I'm not after a huge entrance hole. What an entrance hole tells me is my arrow slowed down. You know, you're not going to cut that big hole without your arrow slowing down. Um, and you know, two holes are always better than one, I guess is, is, is what they say. If you punch a, a paint can up top and then exits down to bottom, guess where all that paint's going to leak out of. Uh, it's right. going to leak out of that bottom hole. So, um, so Slick Trick, their mechanicals have been proven for that. Some of the other deals on the Raptor Trick in particular was, you know, a single bevel, the back of the blades being sharp, and there's a single bevel offset, which creates rotation. Uh, so that keeps the momentum going as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I will tell you this. You mentioned the Viper Trick. That was kind of the, the head. We have a new head out called the Assailant this year. It's more of a hybrid style. But if you like the Viper Trick, and you wanted a little bit bigger cutting, I guess, diameter, the sailing is something to look at because it's built off of that Viper Trick ferrule and has a 7 8 bleeder blade fixed in a fixed position with an inch and three-quarter cut deployable. Mm, okay. Oh, it sounds devastating. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's no doubt. Um, now, that setup that I that I was telling you about, and I actually – did shoot the Eland with um, one of those Crimson Town Outlaws, but that with that bow, arrow, broadhead, straight pass through the Eland. I hit him a little back, and we let him. One of those stressful situations where it's like, oh, are we going to find this animal? Is he going to suffer? You know, one of those sleep. But 
I mean, he ran 60 yards, laid down and died. <laughs> yeah. And with, and that was, you know, the exit hole when we got to, it's a big animal. So the next morning we were glassing from a pie just to see if we could see him. He was laying there dead 60 yards from the, the uh, blind and the water hole where I shot him. But that exit hole was, I mean, he just, there was blood everywhere. It was like a crime scene. And you wouldn't have thought hitting him, hitting him back that you would have gotten that. But uh, luckily for me, African animals are quite large and an eland weighs almost 2,000 pounds. So big vital area there. Yeah, I was fortunate enough when I went to Africa to shoot an eland as well. And, and um, yeah, they were surprisingly big when you walk up on them. It's, uh, it's like, wow, what just happened here? That thing is gigantic. Uh, mm -hmm. But you're right. But here's the thing, you know, you can't argue with success. And uh, some of those marginal shots tell that story, I guess, about, about the equipment you're using, uh, how effective it is, what it's, you know, and, and everything. And, and the confidence is key because confidence is one less thing. If you're confident in your gear, that's one less thing you have in your mind that's going to go wrong when it gets down to crunch time, when, you know, when crunch time, when you're about ready to execute that shot or you have an animal step out in front of you. Larry, what about adding weight to the front or back end of your arrow? You know, you see a lot of the competitive archers doing that specifically. Would you say that there's a large portion of the hunting community that is also employing that technique? I think it's fairly low uh, as percentage, but it's growing as, you know, people start talking about higher FOC and what they're trying to achieve out of, out of the arrow setups. Uh, me personally, I think that the arrow manufacturers have it pretty dialed as long as their componentry and everything fits within those shafts, good and snug. Uh, you can, you know, because majority of them have, uh, you know, a heavier insert or offer a heavy insert. Maybe it doesn't come with that set because most of them are, say, 30, 30 grains or 50 grains, but they offer a 75 grain insert if you wanted. So, which would be equivalent to a guy saying they want to shoot a 125 grain head, but they don't want to go, you know, they, they would much rather, they have a bunch of hundred grain heads. So you could put a, if your inserts were 50 grains, you could put the 75 grains on the front and accomplish the same thing. Uh, now where I think people kind of mess up without doing their due, dil due diligence is they'll start adding 50 grains up front and then want to go to a four fletch or something of that nature. So you're adding all of this weight and then you get a lot of arrow drag. Mm. So it's just, it's about really, you have to have the ability to test different setups to be able to do it. And what I feel is super effective, especially when it comes on the hunting side, you know, target archers are trying to reach, they have to reach certain speeds. So they may be shooting a really light arrow but shooting up, you know, 180 grains up front and so many in the back to so it balances and 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 everything correctly. They're like mad scientists. I'm not yeah. quite that uh, sophisticated, but trying to get there, which is why we're having this conversation. Um, let me ask you about releases. Something that uh, I don't think we've talked about. Obviously, uh, you guys own Scott, and I've used their releases ever for as long as I've been bow hunting. Mm -hmm. There's so many different kinds though at this point what are what are you shooting these days i you know i dabble with uh, a lot of the thumb button stuff i actually hunt with uh the scott echo uh right now 
uh, and I really, really like that release just because I, I run my finger really deep into the trigger and, and that trigger on there really allows me to do that. But, you know, a lot of one of the old ones. Is there one called a Wildcat? Yeah, there's a Wildcat. We still have a Wildcat 2 in the lineup. Uh, I see. Yeah, That's it's the it, one that I'm using these days. Yeah, yeah it's, so. it's a great release as well. And, you know, it's just really about comfort. Some people like to have their, you know, a really light trigger. Some people like to have a, you know, one that they really got to pull through their shot. So it's a little bit stiffer, no different a gun. Some people like a little bit of, you know, want a lighter trigger. Some people want a little heavier trigger because uh, they stay in their scope pretty, you know, really tight. So mm -hmm. it's, it's no different than a bow. You know, you, you know, a lot of people will want to squeeze through their shot, meaning they're going to really squeeze through and execute their back muscles a little bit more uh to to execute the shot some people want to tap it i mean really it's all about what you can do over and over again the same archery is just being repeatable if you can repeat the same process the exact same way over and over again you're going to shoot good <laughs> what about a back tension release though yeah back tension gets into a uh uh, it's a to totally different game. The The functionality of the re release. I've talked to people that basically had to like relearn how to shoot their bow just to, when they've tried to switch over to a uh, back tension. Yeah. You're really just pulling through your shot and either inducing rotation in your wrist. And what it does subconsciously, it's telling you your pin has to stay in a certain spot where you want to hit and you the and you execute the release. You, the, objective of a back tension is you don't really want to know when that release is going off. You want your pin to set there, just set right there where you want to hit. And then it truly change your mind, trains your mind to, to make sure your pins where it needs to be whenever the bow goes off. So I utilize the back tension release a lot of times shooting in the summertime uh, when I'm, when I'm just shooting in the backyard, just because it helps keep great form and really more and more so it helps keep my mind trained to not because you hear people talk about target panic uh they'll get there on a target and they'll kind of get jumpy and run a punch the trigger real quick uh and this really allows me to settle settle in and hold the pin where i need it and let the bow just execute a good shot but you and don't I, take it hunting I usually do not hunt with a back release. That's just me. I don't, I just, I use it when I'm practicing a lot uh -huh. to keep my form and keep my mind right. Okay. Th this has been messing with my mind quite a bit over the years. And, and I don't know if it's because my eyesight, well, it's certainly getting worse as I age. I'm about to be 40. Um, is there anything to the color of your peep? And you know, oh, these guys, they hand me this thing. It's got all the different color peeps. And it's like, look through this one and see which one you think you can see the best out of. I'm like, I, black is the one that I see the best through. So right. why are we playing these games? I don't like, <laughs> Is there right. anything to that madness? Well, I think, you know, it's really, everybody sees differently. Eyes are, you know, you know, some eyes adapt to, to color differently. Uh, I just think it's whatever you can physically see. I, I noticed that as well. You see all these wild colored peeps and stuff out. And I, I, I personally like a darker color peep. It could be a, a black or a super dark, like green. I think I've seen something along that. My eyes are just used to, to really, you know, 
being able to see through that, you know, uh, versus I go to a brighter one. I feel like I'm, I'm getting a glow around it and I'm not, Me too. I'm not near as a good shooter, you know, but I guess some people like them. So I, otherwise yeah. they wouldn't make them. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Unless it's all just uh snake oil and they just yeah, make it yeah. because they know people but oh a pink peep i want that yeah um, my exactly. wife would love a pink one and i'm just like <laughs> looking through the pink one i'm like i can't see crap through this thing um, right like you said there's a, like a, a glow or like a mirage like that that comes along with that uh for, for me anyway but um right. let me ask you this because i do have a bunch of 100 grain broadheads would that broadhead work better with the 350 spine um instead of the 125 which i would try i would try the uh that 100 grain uh-huh. uh broadhead on on that arrow you have there you may see better results especially shooting down range too uh-huh. uh to because you are going to maintain momentum uh quite a bit of momentum but it seems like it's really performing for you uh, yeah. based on your africa trip so maybe try shooting uh, you know, in your yard or whatever, see if you see much different arrow flight, the wobble, you know, if you see anything, a tail right or tail left condition, if you do simple, go right back to a 125, screw it in there and and keep on rolling. If you go to a 300 spine, I'd put that 100 grain in there or, uh, or try either, either one of those heads as well. But I think you'll be happy with, with the 300 spine as well. So if I did, if I went to the 300, you'd still go with the 100 grain broadhead. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I would definitely, I shoot a 100, I shoot a 300 spine at 60, 67 pounds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as well. So, I mean, and so I then get what would the, what, what flex shaft would people shoot 150 grain or yeah. 125 grain broadhead? Usually if people are wanting just number one, get a little more weight up front, a lot of shorter draw guys will go to a heavier uh, weight broadhead because if they're not super worried about speed, uh, but they're more worried about, because most of those guys, their their arrows aren't near as fast, so they're trying to get as much upfront momentum built up and kinetic energy as they can, uh, because they're ne- they know that they're never going to be, you know, shooting 300 feet per second, uh, for instance. So mm-hmm. so they can they can build make some of that up with their arrow setup okay. and know that they're effective. Okay, right on. Well, hey, Larry, I appreciate you coming on today. It's uh, bow hunting is is like I said, something I love, but it's it's one of those things that. It, it's an educational process year in and year out equipment's always changing. Uh, you know, you first start out, you get a bow, you match some arrows with it. And it's just like anything else as you continue to uh, evolve in that passion. And, uh, this is the most thought that I've, that I've ever put into it. And still, uh, there's things that need to be tweaked. So, um, I appreciate you jumping on and, and letting me pick your brain. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. If you have questions about anything, reach out, be more than happy to help you out or, or at least give you my opinion on it. And it's like I said, a lot of it's personal preference, what they like, but you can't argue with success. That's the one thing, you know, you'll hear a lot of people tell you, Hey, this is the right way or the wrong way. But if you've had success doing it, (laughs) you know, don't shake it up. And where can folks find respect the game? Oh, they can, uh, sportsman's channel on Tuesday nights, eight o'clock, uh, eight o'clock it's, it's on. And, uh, uh, also, you can go to Hunt Channel. You can also go to MOTV, our Instagrams, Respect the Game TV, along with uh, the Facebook account. And, yeah, so if anybody's got any questions about anything like that, feel free to reach out over there. And last thing, what hunt are you most excited about uh, for the upcoming season? Uh, the upcoming season? Uh, probably uh, 
Man, I like them all. That's a tough one. I, I like to spot and stalk mule deer hunt. So I'm going to go to Nebraska here to kick things off. And I'm, I'm probably going to be pretty amped up about that once we get out there. So uh, Nebraska is an either or tag, so whitetail or mule deer. So in the mornings we'll be glassing some mule deer. And and uh, if we don't find anything to go after one morning, we may go chase whitetails in the evening. So, Well, good deal, my friend. I appreciate the time. Yep. Thanks for having me on, Cable. Appreciate it, buddy. All right. Take care. Take care. All right, there he goes, Larry McCoy of Elite Archery. Uh, that segment, by the way, brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. They're passionate about protecting your rights as a hunter, also educating the non-hunting public on why sustainable use hunting is conservation, and of course, I said it right there, conservation in and of itself. They put their money where their mouth is. I'm a proud member you should join us, and you can find out more by heading over to safariclub.org. Coming up next, we'll put down the bow and pick up our guns with Mossberg's Linda Powell right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I should know better, but I guess I don't. I keep on learning the hard way. Every time I turn around, Cable here, and if you're listening to this show, you probably like ARs. And I'm not talking about antler restrictions. I'm talking about, you know, ARs, modern sporting rifles. And Timber Creek Outdoors has the best way I've found to take your AR to the next level. It's the Enforcer Kit. It features high-end performance parts and jaw-dropping looks. It's perfect for sportsmen, competitors, firearms, enthusiasts, and people who trust their lives to their equipment, like you and I. When combined together, these parts improve usability, as well as ergonomics, big word there, and dependability of any small framed modern sporting rifle. Timber Creek products are manufactured by Americans in the USA, God bless America, and they implement uncompromising quality control and offer a lifetime warranty. They've got a bunch of different color options, something for everybody. I've got a hunter green enforcer kit on my 224 Valkyrie. Absolutely love it. You will, too. Check out the Enforcer Kit at TimberCreekOutdoorsInc.com. Hey, y'all. Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a -a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Moonshine Band, Shotgun Rifle at a 45. That one was live in studio. Gosh, that'd be seven, eight years ago by now. But uh, certainly relevant as we are all set to visit with Mossberg Firearms' Linda Powell here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. I'm Cable Smith, by the way. Thanks for being here. Um, before we talk some firearms, this segment of the show 
is brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Sun Slayer hoodie. This thing is I'm actually I'm going snook fishing in uh, Florida next week. I'll be wearing the Sun Slayer. Guarantee it keeps those harmful UV rays off my skin and it's light and airy. It's basically like you don't have a shirt on. It kind of feels like that to me anyway. You can find the Sun Slayer at vortexoptics.com and and you'll get 20% off all Vortex apparel when you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. All right, well, let's bring her on right now, one of our more frequent guests. It is my pleasure to welcome Mossberg's Linda Powell back to the show. Thanks, Cable. Great to see you, too. It is my pleasure. Um, first of all, how in the world are you? It's been a couple months since we visited. Doing well, just kind of anxious for fall hunting seasons to get started. I've, I've enjoyed the summer, but, you know, I kind of just, uh, like I said, can't wait to get out in the field now. And so what, uh, what are your big plans for this fall? It seems like everyone's lost so many hunts, so many. Uh, well, I, I have had to postpone a few too, and I've tried to focus staying more on, you know, U.S. where things hopefully will, will go as planned. But uh, got some deer hunts coming up. I hit in California here in less than two weeks. Uh, for coastal blacktail, okay. um, whitetail in Texas and Kansas. Um, we're going to add all that onto the white Texas hunt as well. So uh, nice. that's exciting. I enjoyed that. A couple of waterfowl hunts. Uh, going to try to get into Canada. They've just reopened the border. So I'm going to be brave enough to try that venture. And then uh, also heading up to Maine for ducks. So quite a few things on the on the calendar. Wonderful. Yeah, I've got this bear hunt that I I've, I saw that if you're vaccinated, you could go. My wife's like, just one more reason for you to get back. She's vaccinated. I'm not, but I had COVID and you know, it, it, I was just like, well, it was two days of not feeling well. So, but now with this Delta variant and everything, she's a nurse, she's a nurse practitioner. And she said, we're starting to see more kids come into the hospital sick now right. than we did the first go around. So I don't know. I haven't, I haven't made up my mind, but it is tempting to uh, get the shot so I can go hunt. Well, uh, black bear you know, I, I did for basically what you just said, you know, it opens the door for me to be able to travel a little bit more easily, you know, in some international trips. So uh, I decided to go ahead with it. You did mention California. So I think that would be about the only reason why I would go to California. To go hunting, right? <laughs> I, I would agree. And, and I'll be honest, I, I did this hunt about, uh, gosh, four years ago. And it was really my first time into that central coast region of California. And I go, okay, I get it why people might want to live here if it was just as far as, not politics, but, right. uh, you know, the abundance of wildlife and, and the wineries. And it's just a beautiful part of California that I hadn't seen before. Mm -hmm. But it's challenging to hunt there. You know, as a non-resident, you cannot travel with ammo into the state. You have to arrange for the ammo to be shipped to your outfitter or borrow it from your outfitter. So it's a bit of a challenge. They don't make it easy to hunt in California. I mean, that's like international hunting uh, yes. right here at home. But right. uh, yeah, I turned 40 this week and I'm going to Florida. I looked at it. I was like, mm, I'm not going to spend any money in California. So yeah. we're going to go snook fishing in Florida. And, uh, oh, my gosh. Love snook. One of my I've never favorite. caught one. Oh, so, incredible eating, too. So good luck. Yeah. Um, I, I, shifting gears here, I went into uh, Academy the other day and they actually had ammo on the shelves. Uh, they had... 6.5 Creedmoor, 243, 30-06, 9mm, 7 mag, uh, some of the real popular calibers that it seemed like if you found them, it was like a needle in the haystack. Like, wow, 
look what I found. And, and they had a bunch of it. So I bought my four boxes of 243. Okay. Uh, I tried to go to the register with eight boxes and the guy was like, no, sir, you, you can only buy four. I was like, okay. Uh, I went outside, put them in the truck, went back in and got four more. <laughs> <laughs> but at least thank goodness you're seeing ammo, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I think that's the trend we're starting to see around the country. I'm getting reports of there being some availability, but still, like you said, limits on the number of boxes you can purchase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looked at me like I was crazy when I was like, here are my eight boxes. He's like, <laughs> Okay. Um, well, dove season is right around the corner. September 1st. Be it here is. before we know it. I know my favorite. Well, I've got two favorites. Uh, I've got um, the uh, Silver Reserve over under, right. which I love, uh, especially for dove hunting and uh, wing shooting. And then also, what is the, um, I've got a semi-auto uh, 20 gauge as well with a wooden stock. And I can't yes, remember the, the, the SA-20. Okay. Um, what is, what would you say is our Mossberg's most popular shotguns when it comes to, um, early season stuff like dove or, or early teal? Well, no, no question. I think you probably touched on them. The over and unders are extremely popular and we just upgraded our series of the, the reserve. Uh, we now have the silver and the gold, mm-hmm. um, that was introduced earlier this year. The silver is is more of a field type gun, still beautiful, have choice of a walnut or synthetic stock and available, you know, 12, uh, 20, 28 and 410. Um, you could step up though, if you're interested in more of a kind of higher grade, um, you can get the gold series, which I think is a little bit more dedicated to the clay shooter, but would be perfectly at home in the field too, but it has a little higher grade of wood, um, beautiful walnut finishes. It's available in the, in the 12, 20, and 410. Um, you know, basic differences, you know, some things like the, uh, the Gold Series has uh, ejectors instead of extractors, but um, very solid over and under shotguns. We do import them, but uh, they come into our facility there in Texas and they go through our QC process and a tremendous value. I mean, you can get in the synthetic version of the Silver Reserve for about $650. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a traditional kind of guy, so I like the uh, the wood look, but that is a very affordable price point. What, let me ask you this. As far as over-unders go, is there any, and I'm sure like someone that's a you know, professional skeet shooter would say, yes, do it this way, but I don't know. Uh, I think I usually ha- shoot the top barrel first and the bottom barrel second. What is the, what is the kosher way to do that? Or is there any methodology to like, you know, I, and I'm, I'm not one of those people that's really hung up on that. You know, I think you set it up for what works for you. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, and that's the beauty of an over and under though. You know, you can choose your chokes based on what you're shooting and, and for follow-up shots. So I say, set it up for what works for you. Okay. I'm not uh, going to be somebody that frowns on you for not doing it the proper way. <laughs> well, I don't even know what the proper way is. <laughs> I'm not sure takes, I do either. Uh, they say it takes a, a Texas dove hunter seven shots on average for each dove. Yes. We kill 10 million dove a year. So that's 70 million shotgun loads. I'm I'm like between the th- about three or four shots per dove. So I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Uh, but as far as like a Ammo companies love people like you and me. I'm that way too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, they, and they love people like my father-in-law who's half blind and I only might take him a box of shells to, to hit one dove. Hey, and I don't sit close way. to him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it's the start of the season. We're all warming up, right? Yeah. 
Well, on the heels of dove season, we'll have uh, early teal and then regular duck season coming up shortly. And I'm excited because, you know, we had the JM940 Pro, the Jerry Mitchelluck version. Uh, that's been out for a while. But I think that the waterfowl version should be out for the upcoming season. That's right. Really excited about that. I mean, right out of the gate, the 940 JM Pro just was a home run, you know, particularly mm-hmm. with a competitive shooting world. Um, the 940 is a new platform, and I think one of the beauties of it is that new gas system, which means you don't have to clean it as often. I know we chatted about that before. Um, yeah. You know, you can go from up to 1,500 rounds before it requires cleaning. Uh, so, you know, we started with a competitive version because we thought that's a great proving ground to show the reliability and the abuse that a gun can take. And so now we're excited this fall. And it's not officially been announced yet. Who better yet, to so. do that than Jerry Mitchellock? I mean, yeah, exactly. And and though it's not been officially announced yet, we'll let your listeners in on a, a bit of news. We're going to have waterfowl versions coming out. There'll be two. Uh, the Pro Series Waterfowl and then the Pro Series Snow Goose. So that has the extended magazine for up to 13 round capacity oh, wow. for those areas where um, snow, snow goose hunting, you're not required to have your gun plugged. But, you know, they're both going to have all the great features of the 940. Uh, the internal parts are coated uh, to increase, you know, less friction, uh, that ability to go longer in between cleaning oversized uh, operating the bolt handle and the bolt release, kind of a large trigger guard. So we've got a glove on in later seasons, you know, easy to handle there. I think the biggest feature that I love is that adjustability. And we've talked about that, you know, in the stock, there's actually spacers where you can go from 13 to 14 and quarter inches. So for me being kind of shorter, uh, you know, that shorter length works for me, but Maybe for you, as you add layers in later season, you might find that you want to make the adjustment too to have the gun fit you a little better. Okay. Yeah, right on. Um, I was just thinking about that. And Henry actually shot his uh, his little 410 for the first time yesterday. We went to the deer lease. Oh, wonderful. And, uh, the, the kids How'd he do? Uh, he shot it once and was like, yeah, that kicked a little more than my <laughs> 17 HMR. I was like, well, yeah. And it's going to. Uh, he's like, I think I might dove hunt next year. So. We'll see. Well, he's only eight and he, you know, he right. weighs 60 pounds soaking wet. So, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he shot a beer can and thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, switch it over and talk rifles. Uh, there's a new development on the Mossberg Patriot side of things that I think everyone with the suppressor is going to be excited about. I know I am. Uh, that segment of the show Proudly brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land's the one thing they're not making anymore, but we all want it. So if you're ready to take that plunge, make that dream your reality, head over to LoneStarAgCredit.com. They've been helping their borrowers for over 100 years, and they'll do the same for you. We'll be right back with more from Mossberg's Linda Powell on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Never for fire. You already were a thief, so I knew you'd be with me when I In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. 
Hey guys, Cable here. And if there's one service, one company that I rely on heavily when planning my next backcountry hunt, it's Onyx Hunt. They have for a long time set the gold standard when it comes to giving me the information I need to basically predict where I'm going to find animals. And if you can hone in on where the animals are going to be, you're going to be more successful. Onyx uses their own topo maps, plus, I mean, geographical features like watering holes or a meadow system that works its way down a mountainside where you know those elk are going to be feeding and muleys in the morning and evenings. Yeah, it'll show you that as well. Uh, plus, of course, private property boundaries. Where does the National Forest end? Where does Rancher Joe's property start? Yeah, it's going to show you that as well. So whether you're planning a backcountry hunt or just picking ambush points to hang your tree stands on your whitetail property, Onyx shows it all to you. They've got different layers you can apply to a uh, specific grid or a piece of property. It's really rad. And here's the cool thing. You'll save 20% when you order your Onyx subscription by using my promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at onxmaps.com. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Getting a little help there from my buddies over at Flatland Calvary. If you missed that uh, recent show, you can find it on my website. Uh, every show we've ever done, actually, almost 600 of them, all right there at LoneStarOutdoorsShow.com. Of course, you can also get it on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, Apple Podcasts, I guess is what they call it these days. Uh, this segment of the program is proudly brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in Marion and San Antonio, Texas. Josh and Becky Gunther have been taking care of all of my trophy mounts for over a decade. They do impeccable work. They offer quick turnaround time, and they answer the phone when I call. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. All right. Well, let's pick it back up with Mossberg Firearms' Linda Powell, our good friend, who was nice enough to stick around through the break. You know, we talked a lot about uh, dove season being right around the corner, as we should. Um, one thing I forgot to mention, though, Linda, is my the oldest twin. She's uh, about two minutes older than her sister. But Stella, every time we're in the truck and she sees dove on a power line, she licks her lips and pats her belly. <laughs> Like, okay. so that's one of her favorites, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I pulled them out of school on September 1st. Last year, my wife was like, okay, this is the last time you're doing that. I was like, oh, okay. I winked at the kids. She works on September 1st this year, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> I bet I know. Pretty what sure those kids are going to be absent. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys are going to actually be at the NRA show in Houston. Uh, that's right. Weekend. Yep. Coming up Labor Day weekend, we'll be there. Have a uh, booth full of guns on display. So, Anybody that's listening, we encourage you to come out. We should have some of the new guns, too. That's the plan now. We'll have those new 940s on display. What about handguns? We had talked about, well, you know, pre-pandemic. A lot of things have changed, obviously, over the last 18 months. But um, you you didn't, like, 100% commit to it, but you said, yeah, we're probably going to have a new caliber available at some point in time. Yeah, we're, we're not there yet. I, I will say that um, fourth quarter this year, um, we will be introducing another variation of the MC mm -hmm. platform. 
Um, probably shouldn't release too much more information right. than that if I want to keep my job. <laughs> okay. But uh, we've we've really listened to feedback. Um, you know, with the handgun project, we've kind of done it differently. As we're ready to launch, or we have a gun that's pretty much close to launch, we brought together a group of media people from across the country and let them put the guns through the riggers out at gun site. And we've actually taken their feedback and gone back and modified and made changes. And that's what you're going to find with the next version that's coming out. Um, we incorporated the changes straight from the market, what people are telling us that uh, uh, we need to have in a concealable handgun at this point. So you're going to have to stay tuned just a little bit longer. I can't give away any more yeah, secrets no, right that's now. Okay. That's okay. Obviously, you guys have the nine millimeter right now available, and that's one of the few calibers that you can actually find ammo for it seems like even even during the pandemic you could that was one that i was like okay i i know i can always get nine millimeter right. uh 45 has been a little bit more difficult but um uh, if you're listening to your consumers i would that would be where i would bet my money uh hopefully <laughs> <laughs> well we won't we won't turn the screws on you there um here's a question for you and okay. i've seen this a lot with western hunters leading up to the election, post-election, all this, we got to vote for Biden, we got to vote for Biden, we got to vote for Biden. As someone who works in the firearm manufacturing industry, how do you reconcile that? Like the idea that we can be hunters and gun enthusiasts, but also like vote, vote for someone who says, I want to take your guns away. And I'm the kind of person who says, or, or, or who believes when someone says, I want to do this thing that I'm openly telling you I want to do, I want to right. take your guns. I think that they, they intend to do that. I, I'm with you 100%, and I can't reconcile. I can't wrap my arms around that. Anybody who is such a strong participant and believer in our Second Amendment rights, in the hunting and shooting sports, um, I, I don't know how you could be inclined to vote for any politician who states so boldly that their plan is to restrict or ban firearms. Um, that are perfectly legal for, for use, whether it be for home protection or for enjoying the, the shooting sports. So, you know, that's really a hot topic, but in, in my mind, there's no other decision to make. You have to go for politicians that are pro Second Amendment. The only choice to make. I 100% agree. And I think that a lot of those people fail to understand the impact of Pittman-Robertson dollars also, which is ammunition sales. Like, there are tons of people that don't hunt that shoot religiously. Yes. Those people are also funding conservation, whether they know it or not, or even care. You know, some of them might not even have any idea, but they are when they buy ammo. Okay. This is going to fund conservation through the Pittman Robertson act, which I think was enacted in 1937. And it's literally funded billions of dollars since its inception for North American conservation. Um, when they say, when you cast a vote for someone who's against that, I mean, think of all of the ammunition that's funding that, like I just alluded to. Yes. Uh, yep. That's going to go away. And so, and they do it under the, a lot of them have done it under the guise of Trump was bad for conservation, which pisses me off because we got the great American outdoors act. Um, right. We got the Dingle Johnson act in my lifetime. There hasn't been a president that's done more for conservation, hunter access, hunter's rights. And yeah. so it, none of it really adds up to me, but, it's out there. And so we'll just keep fighting that fight, try to educate people. Oh, abs absolutely. You know, I think you just hit it. Education is the key. And, and we forget 
to talk about how much money, as you said, goes back in to conservation, thanks to hunters and shooters. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about backlog right now. I know probably when we spoke six months ago or, or nine months ago, because we, we do this every quarter. I mean, you guys were at like a year and a half as far as if you ordered oh, yeah. a gun and that, and that's not exclusive to Mossberg. I mean, that's where the firearm industry is. You order a gun. Yeah. You're going to get it in 18 months. Are we still in that same situation? Well, we're making some strides. You know, I think we're seeing the market slow slightly, not significantly, but slightly. Um, we're now to a point where I'd say we're, we're 12 months out. So we're heading okay. in the right direction. Mossberg's really been focusing on streamlining our production processes so we can increase production. And from January of last year to January of this year, we're actually doubling production. So people think we're not building guns. That's not true. We've actually increased production. It just gives you a clear indication of how many people are purchasing guns and how many, how many orders there are out there. It's awesome. But also as a consumer, frustrating at the same time. It is. Now, well, that's no one's fault. Uh, has Mossberg just been working 24-7 to increase production? Or do you, have you put it, like built new factories? Or how have you done that? No, you know, we did not go to 24-7. What we did was actually, we started this process prior to the pandemic, thank goodness, and the, and the craziness of the past 18 months. We actually started implementing lean processing uh, probably about two and a half, three years ago. So it is a slow process that we focused on each individual area of production in our factories. And then, you know, now we're going into even um, buying products, you know, buying parts and pieces and, and the way we process everything we do within the company. And all of it comes together to actually increase production. Yes, we did also invest in capital and some new uh, machinery and hired some people. But, you know, we, we're cautious about that because if there is a big slowdown, the last thing you want to do is have to lay off people. So we've really tried to approach it in a way that it makes sense and look at streamlining manufacturing um, so that we can increase production. Mm -hmm. And it, it's interesting because, like, I think the first three years during the Trump administration, like, AR sales went down. Right. Correct. Yes. And you saw a lot of these is not so much manufacturers. There were some smaller ones, but a lot of the um, accessories companies like just tanked. Yeah. And, you know, if they I feel bad because if they could have hung on for just an, a little bit longer, you know, we've got this pandemic and all of these social justice uh, initiatives and, and then all of that went out the window. And it's not right. like I can't find an AR. So. Um, it's crazy what we've seen here in the last two years. Absolutely. It is. I've, again, I've never seen anything like it in my career. Mm -hmm. Let's see if there's anything else I wanted to ask you, uh, Linda. We are adding the uh, 300 blackout uh, to our MVP lineup. Okay. And I had an opportunity to shoot that a couple of weeks ago, just at the range. And I was really blown away at how accurate it was and actually reaching out a little bit further than I expected for the blackouts. So uh, mm -hmm. I've decided I'm going to take it on the, uh, the Texas deer hunt and give it a try. Yeah, that's definitely a round that's very popular among hog hunters, uh, especially, especially in the thermal game when you're stocking yes. up on these pigs, you know, sometimes within 50 yards, even closer. But like you mentioned, at distance, that bullet's traveling uh, pretty slow. What, what would you be comfortable shooting in whitetail uh, at distance? Well, I'm going to, you know, I've got to check. I only shot one round. That, that's all I had available. So I, I kind of need to do my homework on that before, before I decide for sure. Um, but I mean, we, 
we were dang, banging steel out to 300 yards. Okay. But I, I don't think that's what I'm thinking about for a, a whitetail. I think we'd probably be looking at under 200. Uh-huh. But I, I definitely got to do my research and, and the available ammo out there. Yeah. Um, as far as big game rifles, I've run the gamut on on the Patriot. Uh, have everything from, I think, a 22 250 to the 375 Ruger I took on the Buffalo hunt in February. Right. Um, now I've got, I finally got my suppressor. And so I have three calibers that are threaded in the, the seven mag, the six, five Creedmoor, which is what I usually have my thermal scope on. Right. And then a two forty three, which Henry is going to uh, upgrade from the, uh, 22, two fifty this fall. Perfect. And, yeah. So which models do come threaded for people out there that have, uh, do have suppressors. We actually are threading them all now. Oh, wow. So you probably have some of the earlier ones, but oh, we yeah, actually sure. did implemented that as a running change in the line because we're finding that people do want to suppress a lot more. Um, so, yep, they're, they're all coming threaded now. That's awesome. And I'm certainly glad I asked that because of a point that needs to be made uh, yeah. for sure. Um, I was hunting with the kiddos in the, um, we were sitting in the deer blind the other day uh, looking for hogs and they had had been beating me up all summer. Like dad, take us to the deer lease, take us to the deer lease. Okay. Well, school starts this week. So I was like, this is the, you have two days where you don't have any soccer or any other activities we're going. Right. So we filled the feeders and, um, put out a bunch of new cameras and did some, some trimming and all, you know, just r- routine maintenance that, uh, you do at deer camp. And then we went and sat in the, in the blind and it was like a hundred in 50 degrees and i mean i'm sweating they're smiling i'm like this is miserable <laughs> and uh the twins got out to go pee and they're like dad there's a coyote and i'm like oh man it was like at least 300 and something yards away and i was like okay they're literally, literally like literally standing outside of the blind i think one of them might have her pants down and i'm like okay uh so i line it up and end up dropping this thing um, they just thought that it was the, that dad was some kind of hero. Um, cause I think I was, I like, saw your post on Facebook, better to be lucky than good, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but that was the seven mag and it was, um, like I said, we were hog hunting, but it, it was suppressed and the girls were like, dad, I, I did I can't even believe how quiet that was. So right. yeah, I uh, highly recommend for anyone introducing your, you know, kiddos to, uh, to, to shooting sports or hunting get a suppressor. It's, it's a game changer. And, uh, and I, and I only had to wait, uh, about six months for mine. So I, that's de- definitely on the lower end. I think a lot of people have to wait a year. Um, but, uh, it all depends it's worth on it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then the other thing is, is it takes the recoil cuts it in about half. So I wouldn't have let Henry shoot the seven mag, uh, but he did shoot it just at, at steel. And he was like, no, I'm, I'm good on that one. But six, five Creedmoor. <laughs> He yes. shot that 243, no problem. Right. Uh, and, and that's coming up from a 22, 250 that really doesn't kick at all. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, you can, you can definitely get your kid into a higher, uh, bigger caliber with the, with a suppressor. And that's hey, awesome you, that you guys are threading them all. Uh, yeah. You mentioned though kids though, too, but any new shooter, when you're just hunting with somebody, you know, why not kind of protect everybody's hearing with that reduced muscle blast? So, yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that I'm, I'm sure you saw that Texas passed that law where we're just going to make our own suppressors and basically give the uh, federal government the middle finger. <laughs> and then they, they responded and sent to all 
uh, I think all FFL dealers in Texas or might've just been manufacturers. I'm not sure, but basically said, you know, we're going to, we're going to be coming for you if you do this. So we'll see how all that plays out, but they already have a track record of not enforcing it when it comes to marijuana. So, you know, I mean, Colorado basically said, here's our middle finger, come take our weed if you want to. Now they're going to do the same. We're going to, we're trying to do the same thing with suppressors and we'll see if the feds have the the stomach for that fight, but it is interesting to, uh, to follow along on that, uh, on that situation. Yes, it is. Um, well, cool. Well, I hope you have a great, a, uh, a great fall and you too. Uh, starting off in California there. Yes. Hope you, hope you drink some wine. Uh, it's a shame. California is such a beautiful state, probably the most beautiful state in the country, I would say, but uh, unless you're, like I said, you're going hunting. That's great. I don't think I could, I don't know. Last time I was in San Francisco, somebody spit on me, just a homeless guy. And I was just no, like, well, I see, I'm going to, I'm going to avoid the big cities. Yeah. I think I'm good on California, but I do want to see a picture of that blacktail. You bet. Well, good luck on that. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. All right, Linda, always a pleasure. And I look forward to our next conversation. All right. Take care. Yes, ma'am. There she goes. Mossberg Firearms, Linda Powell. That segment brought to you by Big and Jay. Uh, I've got some believers in Big and Jay, and I'm talking about my kids. They put out some Big and Jay on Sunday by Monday, a new hit list buck, well, the one at the top of my list anyway, showed up. Uh, Frankie was so proud of herself. She dumped out the Big and J, and it showed up on her stealth cam. Uh, so, yeah, all smiles. And that thing had a snootful of Big and J BB squared. You can find their entire lineup of whitetail attractants right there at BigandJ.com. Unfortunately, we got to go, got to get out of here. Thanks to both of our guests, Larry McCoy, also Linda Powell. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. We couldn't do it without their support. Thanks to you guys and gals for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors. There's a party up ahead, an angel to my right, I took my